Good morning, churches. This is a day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. I am Mark Hediger, blessed, honored, and humbled to be the pastor at Stratford, Salisbury Center, and Middleville United Methodist Churches, where we expect miracles, recognize miracles, and celebrate miracles together. This is the uh, podcast for July 26th. I apologize, I posted it wrong, uh, so it didn't show up. But several people have asked if I would redo it and post it online so they could follow the series. So I do apologize for that mistake, but I do thank you for your hunger. This morning's memory verse comes from 1 Peter 2, 9. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people, in order that you may proclaim the mighty acts of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Let us pray. Meet us here, holy God, to search our hearts and strengthen our spirits. Plant your word among us that it may nurture us and teach us. May we find in these moments of worship the assurance we need to live triumphantly in the face of loss, discouragement, suffering, and this pandemic. Lead us by the teaching and example of Jesus Christ. Teach us to trust you and your will for us. We believe that whatever happens, you can bring some good from it. Show us, Father God, the good you intend. Bless us with your Holy Spirit as we gather to worship you and praise you this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And now the call to worship. Let us call on our God and give thanks. Let our hearts rejoice as we give God praise. Let us open ourselves continually to God's presence. Let us seek the strength that only God provides. Surely the Spirit helps us in our weakness. The Spirit searches our hearts and enlarges our prayers. Who can separate us from the love of God? Will hardship, distress, peril, or pandemic overcome us? No, nothing can separate us from God's love. We can face all things knowing God is with us through it all. Amen. This morning's Lady Scripture comes from 1 Peter chapter 2, 1 through 10. 1 Peter chapter 2, 1 through 10. It reads this way. Rid yourselves, therefore, of all malice and all guile, insincerity, envy, and all slander. Like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. Come to him, a living stone, though rejected by mortals, yet chosen and precious in God's sight. And like living stones, let yourselves be built into a spiritual house, to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in Scripture, See, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. To you then who believe, he is precious. But for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the very head of the corner, and a stone that makes them stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the word, 
as they were destined to do. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people, in order that you may proclaim the mighty acts of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Amen. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. We move to our joys and concerns um, at this time, and we will continue the tradition of not speaking out names. So as I pray, you just feel free to yell out, shout out, whisper out um, those people, uh, those circumstances, or whatever anxieties or fears you may have in your heart today or in your mind. You just shout them out to the Lord. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for this day. We thank you for the ability to to come before you and, and hear your word, to worship you, to praise you, and to give you all the honor and all the glory. You know our joys. You know our concerns, Father God, before we even speak them. You know what's in our hearts. You know what's in our minds. You know what, what creates anxiety or fear or discomfort in our lives, Father God, but we give that all to you right now, Lord. We lift up those names and circumstances to you, Lord. We speak them out to you, Father God, because we know you are listening. We know you are a God who is with us. We know you are a God whose promises never fail us. You promise to never leave us or forsake us. We know you are with us today and every day. We ask you to hear our prayer. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. The title of this week's message is Annie and Mr. Warbucks. Now, last week we answered the question, who are you? We agreed we are royalty and Abraham's offspring. We also agreed we are children of God, heirs of God, and co-heirs with Christ. And we are the body of Christ, all on equal footing and importance. We proclaim that as believers... Jesus is our new identity, and that is more important than any prior identity we possessed. Like the thief on the cross who died as a child of God, our belief in Jesus erases all the earthly labels attached to us. And our new identity comes with rewards and promises. Galatians 3, 6-9 tells us, just as Abraham believed God and it was reckoned to him as righteousness, so, you see, those who believe are the descendants of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, declared the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, All the Gentiles shall be blessed in you. For this reason, those who believe are blessed with Abraham who believed. Amen. So the promises to Abraham were not to the physical seed, but to the spiritual seed. And so the covenant that God made with Abraham became God's covenant with us as we became a child of Abraham called the father of those who believe. As descendants of Abraham, we're entitled to the same blessings he was promised by God. And so God's promises to us are the same as he said to Father Abraham. In blessing, I will bless you and multiply you. God promised his blessing upon us through our faith. 
And Jesus opened the door so we might receive those blessings. Galatians 3.16 says, Now the promises were made to Abraham and to his offspring. It does not say, and to offsprings, as of many, but it says, and to your offspring, that is to one person who is Christ. When God said, and through thy seed all of the nations of the earth will be blessed, he wasn't saying that the world is going to be blessed through the Jewish nation. He was saying the world would be blessed through Jesus Christ, thy seed, singular. It was a reference to Jesus Christ and the work of redemption that he would accomplish for the world, through which the blessings of God might come upon all the nations. By our faith in Jesus Christ, we enter into the same covenant of blessings as descendants of Abraham. Ephesians 1, 11 through 14 promises us, In Christ we have also obtained an inheritance, having been destined according to the purpose of him who accomplishes all things according to his counsel and will, so that we, who were the first to set our hope on Christ, might live for the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and had believed in him, were marked with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. This is the pledge of our inheritance towards redemption as God's own people, to the praise of his glory. In Hebrews 2, 14 through 16 tells us, Since, therefore, the children share the flesh and blood, he himself, meaning Jesus, likewise shared the same things, so that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by the fear of death. For it is clear that he did not come to help angels, but the descendants of Abraham. And according to Ephesians 2.19, we are no longer strangers and aliens, but citizens with the saints and also members of the household of God. As members of the household or children of God, we become heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. Galatians 4.7 confirms this. So you are no longer a slave, but a child. And if a child then also an heir through God. The Greek term translated heirs here refers to those who receive their allotted possession by right of sonship. Being called heirs of God emphasizes our relationship to God the Father. As his children, we have an inheritance that can never perish, never spoil, or ever fade, kept in heaven. In other words, because God has made us his children, we have full rights to receive his inheritance. We are his beneficiaries. Jesus, the only begotten Son of God, is the natural heir of the Father, and his inheritance is the whole universe and all that is in existence. Hebrews 1.2 says that the Son has been appointed heir of all things. So being a co-heir with Christ means that we, as God's adopted children, 
will share in the inheritance of Jesus. What belongs to Jesus will also belong to us. Think of all that that means. Everything that God owns belongs to us as well because we belong to him. Our eternal inheritance as co-heirs with Christ is a result of God's amazing grace. The musical play Annie, which is one of my favorites, um, pictures what being a co-heir with Christ means. We share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. In the play, Annie moves from an orphanage into the Warbucks mansion. She leaves behind a spiteful, alcoholic caretaker and enters a relationship with a caring father, Daddy Warbucks. It's an incredible change for her. She also goes from having no possessions to having a fortune at her disposal. Like Annie, we were orphans before we became believers. And once we became believers, we also received a fortune at our disposal. Not a fortune as the world judges it, of course, but a fortune in the means of forgiveness and eternity with Christ. So God took us, the poor orphans in this world, and made us a part of his family through faith in Jesus Christ. He has showered us with his blessings and promised us an eternal inheritance based on the worthiness of Christ, not on ours. Amen. 2 Corinthians 8.9 tells us, For you know the generous act of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that by his poverty you might become rich. As believers, we enjoy the riches of God's love and grace. And now we're blessed with a new covenant through Jesus Christ. Hebrews 8, 6 through 13 explains it. But Jesus has now obtained a more excellent ministry. And to that degree, he is the mediator of a better covenant, which has been enacted through better promises. For if that first covenant had been faultless, there would have been no need to look for a second one. God finds fault with them when he says, The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will establish a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not like the covenant that I made with their ancestors on the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, for they did not continue in my covenant, and so I had no concern for them, says the Lord. This is a covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their minds and write them on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And they shall not teach one another or say to each other, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest. For I will be merciful towards their iniquities, and I will remember their sins no more. In speaking of a new covenant, he has made the first one obsolete. And what is obsolete and growing old will soon disappear. Hebrews 9.15 assures us of that promised inheritance. It reads this way. For this reason, he is a mediator of a new covenant 
so that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance. Because a death has occurred that redeems them from the transgressions under the first covenant. Jesus Christ is our mediator. He suffered the punishment for our sins so we could have eternal life and spend it with him. But in order to have eternal life with him, we have to believe in him. We have to ask him into our lives and, for, and to forgive us for our sins. Without Jesus, we will be separated from God for eternity. Ask him into your heart today. I'm here to help if you need it. We will all be accountable for our actions in the flesh. Jesus offers us forgiveness before we leave this earth. Once we leave, brothers and sisters, it's too late. Picture a basketball game between believers and unbelievers. If a believer causes a foul, they raise their hand and admit or confess they are guilty. Now, of course, in, in basketball today, they don't, they don't really do that anymore, but they did in the old days. Now they tend to argue with the referee. But anyway, if a believer causes a foul, they raise their hand and admit or confess they are guilty. The player on the believing team is not penalized because they have been forgiven already. Jesus substituted for them and took their penalty so they don't have to. But unbelievers don't have the protection of Jesus. They will pay the penalty themselves. And that penalty for being an unbelievable believer is eternal separation from the creator of our universe. Hebrews 4, 12 through 13 warns us, And before him no creature is hidden, but all are naked and laid bare to the eyes of the one to whom we must render an account. We will all stand before Jesus Christ and render an account. Wouldn't you rather have his forgiveness and protection before that meeting? Believers will be rewarded for their deeds on earth. Not everyone will get a trophy when we leave here. Only the believing team. Come, join our team and not only be forgiven, but be rewarded. Let us pray. Father, you are a God who forgives and restores. We give thanks for the inheritance that is ours in Christ Jesus. We have received a pearl of great value, a treasure undeserved, and a pardon from our sins that is unmerited. Nothing, nothing can separate us from your love, Father God, not heights or depths. No earthly power or anything in all creation can take away your love and care for each and every one of us that has accepted your Son, Jesus Christ. Focus our attention this week on your will for us, our families, and our community. Let us not only learn your will, but help us to live your will. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. We gather an offering, offering to follow our passion, to share the good news with one another and those who have never heard it. We are debtors to God who has given us the precious gift of life. 
We were created in God's own image that we might bear fruit in our earthly lives. Through our offerings, we give support to our Christian mission. I thank you all for your, your obedience and giving tithes and offerings during this pandemic. For those of that you for those of you that want to mail them, it's post office box 104 in Salisbury Center. And for those of you that just want to keep setting your money or checks aside until we meet again, that's fine. And and I do thank you for your obedience. Let us pray. Father God, as we search for the best in life, we also want to share our faith with relatives, friends, and neighbors. Part of what we do with our giving, returning your blessings to bless those around us. May all know and all see what we know and see, that nothing can separate us from your love. May our gifts this morning reach those that you are calling or have called. Receive these gifts as a thanks for the blessings we have received from you. Amen. Remember the covenant God made with humanity. Remember, we are part of that covenant. Praise God wherever you go and tell of God's wonderful works through your words, your actions, and your reactions. Trust God and live with confidence. Believe that nothing can separate you from God's love. May your mustard seed faith grow strong as you learn to trust God's promises for your life. Now receive the benediction. May the beauty of God be reflected in your eyes, the love of God reflected in your hands, the wisdom of God reflected in your words, and the knowledge of God flow from your heart that all might see and seeing believe in Christ. May God's love, mercy, and grace be with you as you leave this place. Amen. Until we meet again, brothers and sisters, may God bless you and keep you. My bride and I miss you and we love you. Stay safe. God bless.